Hello and welcome to Unpack This Brain. My name is Eunice and I'm here with my co-host Josh. Hello. This is our first official episode mm -hmm. for 2021 for Unpack This Brain. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about relationships 2.0 because <laughs> I know last year we talked about relationships but we want to go a little bit more specific. Mm -hmm. So we're going to specifically focus on romantic slash sexual relationships. Yes. And dating as well. And dating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of questions to answer. <laughs> I, thank you to everyone. Thank as you. A, yeah. As a heads up, thank you to everyone who sent them because some of these are actually very, um, like they're very invitational to talk about in depth. Mm. But I see some of them that are very spicy and I'm just like, mmm. Mm. So yeah, thank you for being able to, I guess, be vulnerable enough to mm. ask these questions, even if it's not necessarily for them, but yep. it's just, it's just good to have. A variety of things to talk about. Yeah. Now, do we want to talk about anything specifically leading up to it, or do we want to go straight into questions? Um, I think we go straight into questions, yeah, and I then if we have, I guess, life experience to pull from, mm -hmm. we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds mm, good. Okay. All right. Question one. <laughs> um. Okay. We are gonna go top down. Yeah. Let's okay. just go in order. Um. So this is a DM sent to me by someone that says, um, I'm actually so over finding someone in quotation marks. It's super draining, and each time you hype yourself up, you just get let down twice as hard. Or they chat you up to a point where you think you're going somewhere, and then they hit you with the wannabe F. WV. Uh, and then they say, boys suck, Josh. I mean, like, yes, that's a mood. A very identifiable. Men are trash. Being rude. Very, very, let, let's be very honest. Um, men are trash. Men are very poor communicators. So, just for our listeners that don't understand what FWV stands for, oh, yes. what is that? Friends with benefits. Uh, so, what that yeah. means is mostly the sex bit, no yeah. like, relationship. Yeah. No full, like, romantic relationship. Sort of. mm. And probably doesn't come with that commitment or... Um, that exclusivity yes hence hence why friends with benefits yeah yeah that's it mm. so it's interesting actually i feel for this person mm -hmm. because it reminds me of a time i don't know if i said this on air but i said that having a relationship in its simplest form is, is two people for talking monogamous mm. two people that like each other on the same level and want to commit to the same to, to the same level mm, yeah. and that sounds simple mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not. <laughs> because you could feel a certain way for someone and they might feel differently towards you or not the same mm. level that you want mm. or, and it's just that I think is what this person is talking about oh yeah you know it's different levels of commitment and mm. it's um yeah it can be quite tricky to navigate that yeah and I guess you know and we sort of touched that on that last uh, the, the last time we were talking about relationships is communication is very vital mm. in order to have that healthy relationship that both of you are looking for or mm. you know if you're in multiple in a polyamorous relationship you know the partners that you're with um to be open and honest about what it is you're looking for rather than leading people on because i think leading, mm. leading people on is the it might be the easiest way to do things mm -hmm. in terms of not having to say anything but at the end, it carries a higher emotional burden than mm. I think people bargain for. So yeah, you know. I agree with you because it can be easier not to address the thing, you yes. know, and just keep going about your life. But then just remember, there's someone else that probably wants to 
wants you to address it mm, mm. and it would help the both of you in the long run kind yeah. of thing but yeah i love that communication is is totally key mm. and i guess it it comes back to your values and i guess your mm. your self-worth and how long are you willing to wait to wait yeah for like the answer yeah you know or do yeah. you just yourself want to pull the pin you know mm. it's, it's a lot of questions to ask yourself yeah and what what is gonna work for you and what's what mm. can you live with? Because it can be quite distressing if mm. you if you're like I want to wait. Yes, I can wait, but you actually can't, and then that dissonance can be really, really distressing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you know you have to be okay with. There's an element of you having to accept that you might not even get an answer mm. sometimes. Ooh, yeah. Because that I think is probably that that is one of the many outcomes that you get. Right? Yeah. Is the yes, the no, or a you actually won't get one. Yeah. Um, and I get that it will be difficult to accept that you might not get an answer. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't force it out of them. Yeah. You shouldn't, really. I mean, you can, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be forcing the answer out of them um, unless you're ready to face whatever consequences come your way, in which case, by all means. Mm. Um, but, you know, for me personally, and if it was someone that was asking me, you know, in a therapeutic context, I would say you have to be content with sometimes not getting an answer. Mm. Um, as difficult as that may be to hear and to accept, mm. um, because that might just be the way things are. Yeah. Um, for that person at that particular point in time. Yeah. Mm. So that goes back to that, where's your threshold? And yes. if you don't get an answer by a specific time, and maybe then reevaluate and see what mm. you want to do after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's also something that this person brought up is the idea of finding the one. Uh-huh. How, how, do, uh-huh. We, how do we as therapists mm. feel about that concept of the one? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I think... I'm going to answer this quite personally because I think for everyone it's different. So it can yep. really depend on your values, your like familial values, traditions, religion. Yep. There's a lot of things that go with that can tie to if you believe in the one or not. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I think that that there is the one um, for certain times of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different in different phases of your life. Yeah. There's this, uh, there, there is that one person that you will vibe with the most. Yeah. But then that might change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. me personally, I've always gone in with, you know, I want it to be a long-term thing, but sometimes mm. things end. You don't know what happens in life. And so, in reflection, I would say that person was the one for that time in my yeah. life. And then, um, yeah. Mm. And I think that's what I've at least used personally to, to get to come to grips with breakups and stuff and things changing. Yeah. Uh, but that's super personal. So it's, mm. it's different for everybody. Yeah. What do you feel How do around I view that? Um, I, I feel like I agree with you that there is that one person you will find for a particular moment in time. Mm. Um, I, from personal experience, I do feel like that is case. Um, but I am, you know, as we've acknowledged, it's like the one, the concept of the one, you know, people do ascribe to it. Families ascribe to that. Mm. Um, they may put pressure on you to find the one, mm-hmm. um, but their view of the person that they want to be the one for you versus what you want for yourself is very different. Yeah. And again, I think it's you having to realize like who that person could be. And 
the one also like that that concept comes with connotations of expectations it's like you know is it is it someone that you you need that person to tick all the boxes mm. to <clears throat> then enter a relationship with them or is it more like do they tick some of the boxes but do you see an opportunity for you and them to grow together mm. at which point do they tick more boxes yeah i guess that's also an important question to ask yeah right Very important. I remember when I was really young, I was working with this girl that was a few years older than me, and she literally asked me, "What is your checklist, like, or your oh, criteria?" Boy. And that honestly was the first time I really thought about it because mm. I was like, I was like seventeen, so I was really young. Oh, okay. So you know, I didn't really know what I valued in a relationship back then. But it is helpful to write down, I think, values, so things that are. All- You know, I mean, you could do the superficial stuff if you want, but for me, I really love the values. Like, do you, you know, want someone that has the same um, religion as you, or like, you know, has um, the care for family, or you know, yeah. there's these certain things that for some people could be um, that are a must. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because then if that person doesn't tick that must box, it could be quite um, it could be quite um, a journey, mm. like ne- negative one potentially, or something that can be hard to to yeah. talk about once you're already in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a question that comes to mind, but I think I'll leave it for later on in the episode okay. to talk about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to add at this point mm. in time, except I guess safe to say, like as a queer person, the idea of the one also is like deeply sort of embedded in media as well for for queer people like myself mm. to find the one person that you want to stay with and i think that's also a difficult conversation or difficult like piece of self-reflection to have like it'll be hard to find the one but i guess if you're if you're open to wanting to find that person then Mm. And mm. I guess we also have to acknowledge that some people um, are in polyamorous relationships, yes. so we don't want to forget about them. No. So um, you know, the as, one the one can be two people. Yeah, the one can be the two. <laughs> But yeah, as you know, you probably already can tell from my personal views in that in that mm. I am monogamous. So that's mm. just how I just want to disclaim that that's how I'm going to answer most questions because that's my that's how I am. But I understand mm. that that's not how everybody is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And speaking of, I guess the polyamory side of things, we're hoping potentially to revisit relationships 3.0 um and potentially get one of our colleagues to come in and speak about you know like their experience working with people who are polyamorous yeah because be you know dynamics awesome. i like learning about that <clears throat> while we were both at uni yeah like, dynamic communication mm, all I'm these things intrigued. are here again yes I'm but with, with the element of romantic and sexual intention yeah. added to that so yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah. intrigued I need to ask more questions yeah so. yeah totally fingers Stay crossed I hope we can Stay get yes. awesome. yeah um, speaking of I guess you know we well while we're on the subject of polyamory there's mm-hmm. this question that was submitted to us do you think people who constantly cheat are naturally polyamorous and don't know it mm. ooh um, there's two answers I can provide yeah one is potentially yes mm. um It's, I guess, a level of self-awareness um, for that person, but also because what we have always known in, I guess, particularly Ast- Australian society mm-hmm. is that monogamy is king mm-hmm. and therefore polyamory is a no-no, mm-hmm. even though we do recognize that polyamory has existed for long periods of time and has been, to some extent, accepted as well. Um But also, there's a, the other position is, obviously, no, because... 
maybe it's something in their values or some things that they do that could potentially it's it's just not polyamory. It's just cheating straight up. Mm, I think I know what you mean. Well, if they're not communicating, if they're it, not communicating, so they're here yeah. like um, you know committing to a monogamous relationship yes. and then going around with other people. Yeah, that that is cheating. Yes. but if you but if you then open up about maybe you are interested in having other partners. Yes, and you're having that communication with communication with your your mm. current partner. Like, yeah. it's, and I know that that late that lady that we we studied with um, who understands polyamory. Mm. talked about communication and she harps on about it a lot and, I, and yes. I'm, I'm starting to understand that more mm. because if you don't communicate then it is cheating mm. you're not it's something you both didn't agree to so yeah. yeah yeah I think that is one of those things we'll have to revisit in 3.0 mm. when we get the opportunity to but yeah I think yeah I have to say that those are the two positions that I would take is that unless you unless you know for certain that this person has been cheating on you. It, it, it's a difficult thing to sort of like juggle, but you know, mm. cheating is cheating. You have to acknowledge that. Mm. And um, mostly guys. Again, we return to men are trash. <laughs> Sorry, men. <laughs> ah, fun times, huh? Um, but you know, for the most part, it's it's pretty much mostly men that are yeah. doing this. Um, but you know, what do you think that is? Do you have some theory? I think on that? it's I think it's some masculinity complex. Mm. I think it could go back to um, communication and maybe emotional intelligence, mm. where they don't know how to maybe communicate that they're not happy or something, and so yeah. they sort of go on to to but, cheat. It's not an excuse. No, but it's not an excuse. It's just something but that yeah, I think about. Know, it's one of those things, I guess, and yeah. you have to acknowledge that that could be one of those things. But I think there's also the persistent idea. Particularly for um, men who identify as heterosexual, mm. like this element of um, body count, mm, that it's like cool, yeah, to have lots of yes, to sleep with a lot of yes, that dominant men. narrative, you know, sleeping yeah. with a lot of partners therefore equals more clout for you, therefore yeah. more ego, therefore more respect from your yeah. fellow bros. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that totally still exists and it's really something that grinds my gears <laughs> to, oh, to no end. But it, it's, again, media did the, did a lot of that mm. for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that it is starting to be broken down. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so interesting. Even if you look just like 10 to 15 years back, mm. media was really controversial because it would say things like that yeah. and it would be really sexist. And it's mm. like, man, no one cared. They thought it was funny. Yeah. It's like, it's not actually funny. It's no, very it's harmful. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So, you know. Yeah, I guess that's that's that um, mm. position for me. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that question? Um, no, no, I I agree with you a lot in that regard. Mm. Yeah, and then again, the like I said, the communication mm. and and men finding it harder to talk about mm. problems, so mm-hmm. they so then they cope with it in different ways. Yes, when cheating could be one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally unhelpful coping mechanisms. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ah, oh, dear. <laughs> um, you want to pick the next question yeah. down? I'll go to the next question down. Is yeah. long distance worth it? Oh, I remember us talking about this. I think we in did. In our first, first version of this episode. Yeah. Um, do you want to, I guess, I know you have some personal experience with LDRs. Mm. Um, do you want to add more to what you, uh, you talked about last time? Mm. 
Um, I still agree with everything that I said last time. Mm. I'm just trying to draw on some experience, maybe from friends of mine. Mm. It's so split, like with the people that I talk to. Some people are really against it, and others are really for it. But it so mm. depends. Like the ones for it, obviously, are still in the relationships and have ended up moving in together, and that's like really good for them. It yeah. ended up really well for them. And the mm. ones that don't, obviously, they broke up. You know, yes. it was too hard. It was mm. this and that. So it is. It's just. It so depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. But again, like what I said last time, it's about, I think it's really important to sit down um, with that person, you know, it could be via Zoom, it could be on text, whatever, and speak about what you are hoping for in this relationship and make it really clear. Yeah. Because those things you can do um, as you go in a relationship that's mm. not long distance, mm -hmm. easier at least, because yeah, you yeah. see them every day and you get to know them in those little, those little, non, like they feel non significant, but these little, mm. Um, moments that lead up to something like they lead to you trusting them they lead to you mm. loving them mm. um, but in a long distance relationship you don't really get those micro moments you get you know maybe some chunk of time together and it sometimes doesn't feel like enough so you have to really be open mm. with each other no definitely yeah so definitely. i can't say yes or no to it like i know it's a yes or no question but oh i really can't say yes or no it really mm. Mm. depends and also like reflecting on you as a person like this yeah. takes a lot of self-awareness and maybe you can ask your friends if they have if they know you well enough to weigh in on it but do you think you can handle yeah. a long distance relationship? And do your friends think friends think you can? Because some mm. people just have that that personality that just can't. Yeah, and that's okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I can't remember what I said last time. Um, but I guess I'll return to the analogy that you love: is that investment. the relationship is an investment. I love that one. <laughs> um, investment from both parties. Yeah. So again, we return to that idea of you know like being open and honest about what both of you want, both partners, what, you know, you want from this. Um, if you started out in person and it has to move long distance for whatever reason, like what are the things both of you will make an effort to do together? Um, will you be okay to not speak with each other sometimes for, you know, let's, let's take, for example, someone who's fly in, fly out, mm. one partner's fly in, fly out, you know, how will that affect the relationship? Because you won't be able to talk to them maybe for days on end, like, how are you going to cope that? Those are some of the questions I think I'd entertain. Mm. Um, but in general, like, I guess there was something I was watching not too long ago. Um, and it made an interesting point is that for people who are still, you know, because for us here in Australia, particularly in Queensland, we've been very fortunate to not have had lockdowns that have been prolonged, mm. you know, in other parts of the world. That's a very different story is that, the pandemic has in many ways forced all of our relationships to be long distance. Mm. You know, for people who have been in lockdown for a while, who aren't able to see friends or to see their partners, it's become essentially a long distance relationship. So it's been put to the test. Mm. And I'm curious to know, I guess, if people who, I want, I want, I'm curious to know, like, what people would say now if they went, if they weren't sold on the idea of LDRs now having gone through lockdown, if they were still in a relationship, has lockdown changed their view on LDR in order for them to make it work, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, like it depends on you and your partner, yeah. it, what you want from the LDR and um, how open you are to communicating that through non-physical means, mm. I guess. Yeah. So, mm. that's, yeah, that's important to mention is that the reality is, 
there's going to be a lot of non-physical um, communication. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess reflecting on that and if that's okay with you and how will you manage that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Mm-hmm. Let's go... Let's let's entertain this this one queer question that I got. <laughs> um, why can't guys be straight up that they aren't into you? Why can't straight guys be straight up that they aren't into you? Yeah. Ah, again, we retentive men are trash. Men are poor communicators. <laughs> you need to ask a straight guy. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Not me. Um, but yeah, again, I think it, we've revisited this point once again. Is that men tend not to be emotionally communicative. Mm. So therefore, things manifest differently. Yeah. Um, like if if they weren't interested in you, what would they do? Tend to be like shy away. Do they get cold? Like do they not talk mm, to you? Do they ghost you? you? Do people still say that? Yeah, people still say ghosting. ghosting. <laughs> yeah, ghosting is still a thing. Yeah. Um. Um. Shit move. I can tell you. Um. Mm. But you know, it's like I guess. I guess my hope is that straight guys will be able to tear down their ego. Mm. Or the fear. There's probably some some fear there. And so it's just easier to not. To not. Yeah. It feels like, oh, this, oh and actually, yeah, I was, um, and then by not, it's just feeding the fear because yes. they're like, hey, I don't, I don't say anything to this person. I feel super comfortable. So I'm mm. just not going to say anything ever. Mm. And it reinforces that, yes. um, that for them because yes. they don't get it, challenged. Yes. And, them. and the cycle repeats no matter who it is. Yeah. Um, it. Which is disappointing. <laughs> yeah, which it like, and that that theory itself can be put into all sorts of things mm. around anxiety. Like yeah. people just avoid, and then because they avoid, they don't yeah. have to face it, which is good for them. Like yes. it's reinforcing the behavior, but then they mm. never get face mm. said fears. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I think also, I guess it just depends on the straight person that they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Some straight guys may actually be very open about the fact that they feel complimented by the fact can, they can get hit on by queer people, mm-hmm. but they are vehemently straight, mm, right? Okay, yeah. I guess that, again, I think it just depends on how they grew up communicating mm. because they're, I think more often than not, straight guys would be quite uncomfortable if a queer person told them that they could see them. Right, yeah. So then they might not know what to do. Yes. And that would just mean not saying Again, anything. Yes, we, we enter the negative feedback cycle. Yeah, and it's easier to say nothing. So. Yes. <laughs> so men, do the work. Fucking talk, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard, but it's a good skill. Yes, it is a good skill. A good Surely skill. if you can speak in an office environment, you can speak in a relational environment too. Yeah, that's it. Just That's a good way of putting it. Like, think about how you do it at work. Especially if you do but work with people. But with emotions. People. Yeah. This time, add emotion. <laughs> with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Take two, but this time with some feeling, please. <laughs> But yeah, that mm. is, yeah. yeah. And so the, they were specifically asking about, um, in this question, mm. was it straight people or straight guys, guys yeah, yeah. Um, that were, that they that aren't into you. you as a, as a queer guy? Yeah, as a, as, as a gay a, guy. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, that does add a lot of the, you know, how do they feel about queer people and then if they have any I guess that, that's prejudice. the thing, right? And that's the thing is that maybe, you know, if they don't say anything, does that mean they are prejudiced mm. and know to keep their mouth shut? Mm. Ooh, and I don't I know if that's a bad that. thing. Yeah, I don't but, know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, actually. Oh, I like that because it's kind of that whole, if you have nothing nice to say, don't, don't say, say it. it so all, maybe. Yeah. They just they don't want to hurt. The but then that's but then but, that's kind of messed up too. Yeah, but then you're also hurting them in a way that you don't say anything. Yes. 
So it's a lose-lose, really. Yes, it really is a lose-lose. So please say something. Say something and hopefully it's wistful. Yes. And if it isn't, do better. Yeah. Do the work and do better. Yeah. Okay. Next question down. Next one. um, How long do you think people should wait before introducing their significant other to family? Oh, I remember you said you were going to say, it depends. Yeah. And I was going to ask, like, the listeners are going to hate me because I'm just going to say, it depends. Oh, the listeners are going to hate me too because it all says, it depends. It really does depend but um i'm gonna bring it back to values like i always do Mm -hmm. so i feel like my my favorite theme is values and just being (laughs) self-aware of what is important to you as a person Mm -hmm. because if you can live by those values you'll you'll be better off you know yeah it will feel like you're being one with yourself rather than like at a dissonance and Mm -hmm. doing stuff against what you believe in yeah yeah um so yeah think about your values yes like and you know how do your family how have your family reacted in the past at like last time you did it, say you did it too soon, too late, whatever, was it negative? And like, how can you then do something different? Yep. But if it was good the last time, maybe you want to wait the same amount that you did last time. Mm. If this is your first time. That's the, that's the question that I was going to ask. Like, <laughs> then... how would you, how would you go about doing it if this is your <clears throat> first? like proper so yeah and i guess that again i think you know the recurring theme is your, yours is self-awareness mine is communication yeah yeah this is our brand we're branding mm, ourselves we're branding ourselves in this role um <laughs> but you know i really firmly believe it has to be both you and your so have to have a conversation about when you would tell your family mm-hmm. um because if both of you don't have the same sort of timeline you're going to have to come to an agreement as to when this is going to happen Mm. um you know you can't force someone to say it too early because from their experience it's been negative Mm. you know so it's again it's this very open transparent vulnerable thing you have to you have to do there's no choice because you both we return to the investment things like you both want to enter this relationship right mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to both put in the effort and the work to figure out when is the quote-unquote right time mm. to tell your family yeah you know I, and i guess this also thing of this is not a disney movie <laughs> you don't fall in love and tell people in 24 hours yeah this is also not a reality show because that's also no no um, not really reality is, no it's not um if you firmly believe that the relationship that you want to enter into for the, is for the long term, mm. then I guess you need to have a general idea of when that is. Mm-hmm. And if if it's sort of a mid short to medium term sort of thing, are you comfortable with your with the knowledge that your family will view it as potentially negative? Mm. Right. So it's I guess it's a very difficult balancing act to yeah. figure out when the right time is. I guess for me personally, it's like. Uh, I guess also it comes down to like your level of comfort of telling people that you are in a relationship. Yeah. Some mm. people are not as open. That's okay. Like yeah. they want a bit more private. Yes. Yeah. Or they want to, or they really want to suss out whether or not this is going to be long term. Yeah. Before so, they tell them. Yeah. Them so like for me, like personally, if I was going to be in like a relationship for the long term, I'd probably want to suss it out for at least maybe two to three months first. Mm. Before, like saying to the family, Hey, hello, this is my partner. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, but again, as we've said, it's different for everyone. Yeah, so, it is so different. But generally speaking, please don't do the Disney thing. Yeah. Or the married don't, at first sight thing. Yeah, don't be like Anna from Frozen and be, get engaged. Tonight. Well. Or you could whatever, do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but, as long um, as you're ready to accept consequences. Yeah, yeah be ready. Own your, own your own mistakes. Own your choices. Own your choices. You know, and just go with them because it's your choice. It is your choice. Not necessarily might be a good one yeah. in the long term. Yeah. That's it. That's another thing, actually. Waiting, I, I believe, um, some time can be handy because there's always a honeymoon period oh, where there's always a red flag. Looks so lovely, and you're like, no, this is the best. And then you know that might continue for a long time, but mm. then you can start to think a little bit more logically. And I know that it's so hard to talk about logic and love, but um, you know, it has to happen sometimes. It has to. Yeah, it has to happen sometimes. And I think once the honeymoon period and the rose colored glasses come off, you can see mm. things for how they really are and maybe yeah. how then you can navigate when you want to tell your family or if you don't want to tell your family Because at all. it's like, ooh, red flags. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You owe it to yourself to at least really look at what you're getting into honestly yes. because yeah. you don't want to just let red flags go and then it's a shit show. <sighs> yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let them go. And I know it's hard. It's so much easier said than done, but yeah. get but your friends involved. Maybe anyone that's close to you, mm. get some advice from them. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Next question. Have you ever heard of the seven year itch and why do you think this is a thing? Mm. So what is your understanding of what the seven year itch is? Mm. I have heard of it. People describe it as after seven years of being with someone, you sort of feel like you don't know if this is the relationship for you and um, mm. you feel like you might want something different mm. or you feel like you're not, um, you're not gelling with mm-hmm. your partner the same way you were. Um, I haven't had much to do with this at all. Like, I mm-hmm. haven't really talked to anyone, to people about it. I've heard mm-hmm. it a few times from some of, like, my older colleagues that they, they said it was true and they said mm-hmm. they went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand why it's specifically seven years and if mm-hmm. there's any sort of research around why is it that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I could make some educational guesses. But yes. could, so these are just disclaimer educational guesses. Yes. That it's... Um, you know, like you were speaking before about growing with your partner. Mm. So maybe potentially at that time is when the there is um, there is a risk that you're growing apart, that you're growing yeah. in different ways, mm. that that your values have changed, yeah. um, and that could be why there's an itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have much like knowledge around. I'm still very guessy. Yeah, I, if I recall correctly, the seven year itch is supposed, generally speaking, supposed to be seven years into marriage. Oh, okay. because that's also like the apparently the prime time for divorce. Uh huh. But you know, if we're extending to relationships overall, um, I think the general idea is seven years into a long term relationship. Uh-huh. Seven years into the long term relationship is like you said, like people tend to be like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Um. And I think, as we will return to, because this is a common thing, is that you need to have been communicating for for this not to be a thing. Yeah. Or for you to realize that this might be a thing, but both of you actually recognize that this might be a thing, mm. is to have that communication fairly regularly. Yeah. Right? That's a good putting it. You just check, check in. You check in a bit more regularly so that it doesn't happen at the seven-year mark and mm. you're like, oh, shit, it's been seven years. Yes. Because <laughs> I think it also com- comes down to complacency. I think people mm. have the idea that, oh, once, you know, 
particularly for marriages, like, oh, once you're married, that's it. Mm. Right? You don't have to put in any more work. work. Yeah. Men, I'm specifically talking to you. <laughs> Called out. Um, and, you know, um, the, the thing is, is that if, if we're looking at this from a marriage concept, mm. is marriage, um, as has been, as I've heard quoted at a few weddings now, um, marriage is just a different phase of the relationship. Mm-hmm. It is for all intents and purposes. Really, it's a legal thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at a more deeper personal level, it's both of you um, wanting this to be the long-term thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you ha- it's you can't stop putting in the work. Yeah. Because then your relationship will not progress and grow and develop. Yeah. If you do put in the work, and if both of you put in the work that both of you are happy, you know, for each other to do, then you shouldn't get to this stage mm. of being so complacent that seven years down the track, it's like, oh, I don't love you anymore. Yeah. Alternatively, you put in the work and then you do realize that both of you are going differently. And if both of you are okay with that and are still happy to be together, then you'll change, adapt. Mm-hmm. If both of you recognize that the the way that both of you are growing as partners, you force you see that potentially this could not be a thing in the future. At least you have that self awareness at that point mm. to begin the process of potentially going to therapy and ending the relationship amicably, which we explored last time. Yeah. Yeah. Or having that open communication about I think this is not working. You know, we both have recognized that this is potentially not working. Mm. Um, do we want to try and fix this or is are we both potentially thinking about separating Mm. and you have to be you have to have that conversation you can't just not you know again returns to communication and you know like do you value the relationship first and foremost at this point Mm. beautifully said i love that so i'm going to take away that something from that is that Mm -hmm. yeah to, to, to check in regularly and don't be complacent yes and i think it you know if we compare it to say work you know we mm. get your dream job you don't just go hell yeah and cruise through the whole thing because mm. you're gonna get fired <laughs> and that's the same with a relationship you found someone that you love want to spend the rest of your life with that's awesome mm. but you still have to put in work otherwise mm. troubles happen yeah yeah mm. I love that. yeah oh all right the next one <laughs> Have you ever broken up or been broken up with via text? Oh. Have I specifically? Well, Are I, they asking us yeah, personally? Like specifically? Ooh. I've never specifically. Um, how do I know anybody? I probably do, but not, mm. no one's coming to mind. Mm-hmm. But this brings up the whole communication thing. Yes. I'm stealing your brand. <laughs> communication. I'm fine. I'm happy with you stealing <laughs> that. But I think, yeah, if we're going to generalize this. <laughs> How do we feel about non-verbal mm. ways of communicating either rejection mm. like at, at the initial stage or breaking up with someone? Yeah. I, I don't believe in it. Mm. Uh, okay. So, okay. If you're in a long distance relationship, yep. I think that there could be some reasons why you weren't able to wait as long as seeing them in person. Mm. But if you see someone in person and you're not in a long distance relationship and, mm. you know, you put in all this effort mm. to be with them and, you know, you obviously impress them in some way that they are with you, mm. then why can you not put the effort in <laughs> to meeting up Man, we somewhere? Man, we again. <laughs> meet up somewhere and tell them. I don't know why. I think mm. for a lot of people it is fear and it mm. is tricky to have those hard conversations. We mm. love to avoid them. Mm. So that conversation, super tricky. I, oh, I, yeah. I know it's a very hard conversation to have. But 
having it via text, just think like that's the last thing that that person's gonna remember of your relationship. Yes, is that you broke up over text, and yes. that would leave such a bad taste in their mouth. You know, mm, you wanna mm. try and be amicable about it. Yes. Um, there could be particular times when maybe I'm just trying to think like um relationships with domestic violence. Maybe that's what I'm. That's when, what I'm thinking of yeah. as well as like toxic, you know, yeah, toxic, toxic relationships. You don't feel safe necessarily meeting up in person mm, or going mm, back mm. home to tell them, and you might mm. be in danger if you broke yeah. up with somebody. So then yeah. I understand then where that could be yeah. appropriate for mm. your safety. Yeah, I think that's sort of <clears> the line, like the position that I take is that generally speaking, if you, if it's not a toxic relationship. Mm then I would encourage people to do it in person if possible. Mm. If not in person, at least do video. You know, verbally, I know it's difficult and I faced this before. To say it is very difficult mm. because of whatever reason that might be fear of the implications or not being able to say it. I think, I think that might be it, is that maybe a lot of people are just afraid of actually saying those words. Yeah. And I don't know if that is something that is innate or if that's something that is influenced by media. Yeah, it could be an innate. Oh, it could be both. I mm. think that people hate change. Yes. So that innate hate of change could mm. potentially be it. Because, yeah, mm. it's, it's definitely a big change yeah. for you. But also I think, like, I guess, I guess <laughs> you know, for people who are quite passive, mm. who, generally speaking, are not the people who are the ones talking a lot in the relationship. Yeah. If they're the ones that are in the position to have to say, I'm actually not here for this anymore, mm. I think that in and of itself presents a different view of, you know, this question. It's like, maybe for them, this is the only way they can do it. Yeah. Right? Because they're the passive ones in the relationship and, yeah. you know, the dynamic is not, the dynamic is unbalanced against them. Yeah. So maybe again, yeah, yeah, it's, it's contextual. I think you need to understand the context in which your relationship takes place. In. Yeah. And if you're comfortable with doing it this way, because for of whatever reason that is not because you're a dick, um, yeah. <laughs> then this is the option that you have to go with. But yeah. at all, like any and all chance that you get, preferably just say it. it's just easier. And I think. It helps with the healing process mm. a lot faster. Bit of closure. Mm. Yeah. And it's amicable. Yeah. Mm. As long as you, both of you can have a level-headed discussion about it without it descending into swearing and name-calling and all yeah. that fun stuff. Yeah. Which is a big possibility. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. There's one last question here that someone has um, put forward. Mm -hmm. So it says, everyone has a type. What do you think the grounds are that people date outside their type? Mm. Okay. Here's the thing, is that, yes, I I view, I agree that people have a type, um, but my caveat to that is it shouldn't be rooted in fascination or exotification of people. Mm, I think I see what you're getting yes, at. Like, because, like a fetish type thing? Yeah, is that what you're yeah if we're going down the people? yellow fever jungle, yeah. jungle fever... You know, yeah. people who are significantly <clears throat> younger than you because whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. those sorts of things is that as it, I would agree that people have a type, but my only caveat and my only strong caveat against that is obviously those sorts of things, you mm. know, exotification of other people. Mm. Um, but I guess you also need to understand that people, with that people have the biases, yeah. right, for and against. So. Um, maybe that again, it comes down to understanding 
your abs, you know, what, what it is and if it's a healthy thing to hold on to. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess that's my sort of general position on it. I don't know about you. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think about, so I, I don't know if I believe in types. It probably does exist mm. to people. Maybe I'm not like self aware enough in myself to understand my own type mm-hmm. of guy, but, um, yeah, if, you know, I'm sure it exists for a lot of people. Mm. And so say they have a type of them, they, the person's asking what are the grounds for being, for choosing to date outside of the type. Mm. So many reasons. Yeah. Like it could just be that you really connect with this person. Mm. And who just know, so happens not to yeah. be the type. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's, I guess, um, cool that a person mm. could go, could not be so stuck on their type yeah. and be flexible enough to entertain dating someone outside of that and mm. giving someone a go. Uh, which also reminds me is that is this type um, enforced by other people? Because we're getting into those, <clears throat> you know, like there are a lot of things about, I guess, parental enforced types. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like um, marry a doctor, you know, those or, kinds or, of Or, you know, things. marry someone within the faith because yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Do they have a lot of money? Like, it's like there's all <laughs> how, how shallow are we going to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But honestly, and I think that that's a good question. Mm. Maybe start exploring your type and where is that coming from and mm. who's that influenced who's by? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then are you happy to date outside of that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I guess you can't, and also I guess there's a thing of like people trying to glean other pe- people's types based on how they interact on social media. In what way? Do you so um, I, people have attempted to, um, figure out what my type of guy is based yeah. on Instagram followers and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So that's what I mean is that you can't really like get the entire picture based on how people interact on social media totally. or who they follow on social media. Yeah. Um, you can get some idea, but I don't think you'll get the whole story. Yeah. And I, you know, again, it depends on how comfortable that person is about exploring or trying to understand who they are attracted to at a superficial level and mm. then as we get progressively deeper about committing to a relationship who they really are after because mm. th- those potentially could be two very very different things yeah definitely mm. and maybe um maybe so i'm trying to still conceptualize type in my head so mm, maybe mm, it mm. could mean you know your 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 personality and that maybe you're a little bit quieter and you mm. like a louder person that could be an example right yes, yeah. of a type like yeah. you like generally louder people for mm. you um but yeah just be just being aware of mm. and maybe even looking at people your friends mm, mm, like mm. the kinds of um people your friends are because those are people you choose to hang around yeah. with and is that and kind then of is that the same the sort same. of thing you're going to be looking for in a long-term yeah. relationship yeah because you can kind of guess it off of that because friends are probably a very int- intimate relationship mm. as well to a certain degree yeah yeah so mm, hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. Um, we've come to all of the, the end of all the user submitted ones, but <laughs> I'll return to the question that I wanted to ask from oh, before. I forgot about this. So my question is, do you believe that, do you believe in moving on? Mm. Mm. Cause I have thoughts about that, that, that particular phrase. Um, in what context? Like you were married and then you move oh, on, or potentially, just... or relationship wise, like in a long term relationship, you mm-hmm. break up, or you have a crush on someone, then they reject you. Yep. Like, is moving on <clears throat> a thing that exists? Because I have, I guess, I have thoughts about that, but I want to oh, hear okay. what you. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm interested in your thoughts, but I'll mm. um, 
I'll have a little bit of think about that. So in general, mm. I do believe in it because mm. because this is how I understand moving on to be mm. is that you are, leave a relationship or it ends and mm. then you um, are open to starting a new relationship with mm. someone else. So I'm yeah. all for that concept of moving on, mm. which mm. is that you know it, you have one and then you cut and then you're able to because I was talking about the one in particular parts of your life. So that ties mm. into that. Yep. Yep. Um. But I'm I'm curious to know what parts of move what does moving mm-hmm. on mean to you? Because I, I think, think you have a different idea. I think the the problem <laughs> I have with that but those particular two words moving on is that in some connotation it implies that you forget everything about the relationship. Mm. So for me, that would mean and like forgetting that it potentially existed or you know you're trying to erase that history mm-hmm. that you had with this person. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, that's the contentious part I have. That's why I don't necessarily agree with the concept of moving on as a whole because you then do you let go of everything because mm. it's part of your story. Yeah. So for me, like you know, what I mean, you know, in in the context that you presented, yes, I definitely agree that you know you are moving on from that person. Yeah. But you're not moving on from I guess for me, moving you're not moving on from the memories or the things that you've learned in that time you were in a relationship with that person. Mm. So me moving forward is a better concept mm. for me to understand how it is because you're carrying with you what you learned and you're growing based on your experiences from that relationship. So mm. you're not forgetting what happened in that relationship because you want to become a better person at the end mm. of the day yeah. for whoever you're going to um, bump into next. Yeah. So, yeah. I really love that, the moving mm. forward because it's more like on a continuum than, yeah. than like on being like one phase and then you close that phase and then yeah. you detach and then you're like another phase. Yes. But it actually is all related. It's just all connected. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. a really good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Every time I think of moving on, I wouldn't think to forget about the relationships in mm. the past because mm. it's part of you. Yeah. Unless there's some sort of trauma or violence and that's that, and I think that and that's but, the thing, yeah. But then that's it's still a part of you. Like mm. that the trauma that you, you live in life is still a part of you. So mm. it's not possible to necessarily forget yeah. everything. Yeah. And like you were saying, a great strength to learn who you are in a relationship and how to better that. Yeah. Or like better find someone that might suit you a bit better than the previous one or mm. red flags that you learn to look out for later. Or, yes. Yeah. But it's interesting actually when when people move forward, I feel like sometimes they try and overcorrect. Do you ever hear mm-hmm. that? I've heard stories yeah. about this. Where, where they go for someone completely different <laughs> and then it goes the other way, like the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking like... I mean, that's your decision to do that. Yeah. And I don't know if they realize or they're self-aware enough that they did, like, go to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Maybe not. Oh, that, I guess that also brings up the question about, like, the whole rebound thing. Oh, this is a good... That's a good part to put into <laughs> because, it. Because, yeah, like, rebounding. a lot of that, right, could be interpreted <clears throat> as you if you're the one that is moving forward with it and you've gone for someone that other people see as the complete opposite of the previous partner that you were with. Yeah. So that means that's a rebound? Yeah. I don't know. And like they, they'd always talk about how long you have to wait because That is apparently- a question that I've I've been asked before and I'm yeah. not entirely certain of the answer. I think it's yeah. a, it depends. It really does but, depend. But again, not a Disney film, not married at first sight. Yeah. But people tend to just associate a shorter turnover time. <laughs> 
as a rebound. Equating, equating to yeah. a rebound. But, you know, if that person was um, ready, mm. what if they just pressed things faster? <laughs> but I, ha- I guess for me as a therapist, right, I'd have some cynicism with that. Yeah. Because I'm like, are you sure you processed everything? Yeah. Like this how- is not like a repression thing. This is not a coping mechanism, <laughs> They're moving it? on, not forward. You, you are moving on. You're not forwarding this. <laughs> yeah. Which um, it's always... I'm going to take your brand again of communication. Mm. I think it's good to at least communicate with your next people that you're yes, dating. Yes, the next partner at least dating with, yeah. Yeah, from my own experience, mm. I appreciate the open communication of I just got out of a relationship like three months ago. Cool, good to know. Because like, yes. then for me, as the other you party, have a, you, you have understand the that. assurance that... Yeah, there the, could be things that pop up. Yes. Know? Like you have to be ready. And you have ready to be ready for that. For that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, communication mm-hmm. values. Yes. <laughs> That's, if we're going to recap the episode, think of What's communication What's the TLDR if you missed this? Comms and values. Yeah, that's a TLDR <laughs> of the episode. Oh. Um, I guess, um, do we have any other, I guess, reflections or other questions <laughs> that have come up? Um uh, I do have one more. And yeah, I, guess... I do as well. I oh, yeah, no, if you want to okay. bring that up first. Um, it's, it's a marriage question. And oh. I actually got this recently from a friend. Mm-hmm. And she I don't even remember how she asked it. But it was generally around the um, why, like, do you want to get married? And what are the reasons behind that? Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, if we talk about that generally. Yeah. Um, what does a, what does a, um, conversation around marriage look like? Is mm. it, is it okay to not get married and live de facto, etc., yeah. etc.? Et mm. Which, um, for myself, I was telling my friend that for me personally, it is something that is religious. So that's mm. also an element that people can feel. Yeah. And also like a commitment. Mm. Yeah. Like a commitment that is something that can be sh- um, done with your closest friends and family. Yeah. And that for me is really special to like involve people that I really care about Mm. um so again comes back to what do you value like do you need to get married Mm. or are you happy with not getting married ever and that's okay Mm. as well yeah I think you know like I guess the other perspective that is that marriage in and of itself in like in a legal context provides more protections for or benefits for you as a couple Mm. so I guess that's another question you need to ask have a conversation about is like are we okay just being de facto or do you think that for both for the both of you like what what will marriage as a legal thing Mm. um, help with yeah mm. like finances finances and so forth. And yes all those mm. lovely lovely tax benefits <laughs> yeah. um but you know i guess as a <clears throat> queer person as well we haven't been afforded the luxury of even getting same-sex relationships recognized yeah um we only got the um you know the privilege to get married and have it recognized as a marriage instead of a union mm. uh, here in australia late 2017 mm, yeah. um so you know the first recognized same-sex marriages here in australia took place i think new, around new year's 2017 mm. 2018 and that is a privilege that um we are afforded in this country and i think a lot of other people a lot of other listeners particularly of those i'm thinking of who may be listening from asia who mm-hmm. you know have had a very prolonged journey to getting um even even um same-sex acts decriminalized um is something that is a journey that has to continue um so you know marriage i think for us in the queer community holds a very different um 
level of importance mm. depending on the person. Yep. I think for me as a queer person of Asian descent, marriage to me, um, I think to me at this point in time is important. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'll have to contend with though is the conversation that I'll have with my future partner mm. about mm. What, do, what would marriage look like for the both of us um, and for our families. Yeah. How important is it for us to be in the legal sense of the word, married. Yeah. Um, because it does afford us all those benefits yeah. and protections, um, the ability, you know, for like power of attorney and stuff like that, mm-hmm. for the spouse to be able to make decisions on behalf of the partner in, yeah. in, in a healthcare setting as well. Yeah. So those are all those sorts of things that I think het couples have taken for granted for the longest mm, time. Um, so, you know, it's an awareness I think we have in the queer community that, yeah, we hold very different positions on because it's we value it it's something that we fought for mm-hmm. something that the people who are around who would have been um you know alive today who may not have been afforded that mm. they would have wanted to have that so i think it's something that we take we don't take lightly yeah so yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing that I, it was a really good i guess um viewpoint from a queer mm. person's perspective yeah mm. so yeah marriage oh that'll be an interesting thing to deal with <laughs> yeah it's great i'm in the heat of it now so oh boy <laughs> i can imagine um <laughs> I don't know if I have. You had? Did you have one there? Um, I guess um, it comes in the running theme of what we were exploring, like particularly with some of the other questions that we were doing today. Is like, how do you know when to um, stop pursuing a potential relationship? Because mm. obviously, like, there's a period in time where you're trying to suss out if you, you and this person that you are, you know. Um, dating want to be exclusive or we want to make it thing right yeah but there are flags that stand in the way or there are non-negotiables that both of you have been open about talking about that you will not budge from Mm -hmm. and you notice that you you are putting in the work but the other party is not how do you know when to end how do you how do you know when to close this particular phase yeah because it's difficult that's a good question it's really difficult i would look at Maybe how it is affecting everything else in your life. Mm. So if the, you know, if there's any stress that goes behind it and it's feeding into potential work and other relationships, mm. and maybe that could be even more of a, this, it's, it's working negatively against you now. Yeah. Like being, um, in that kind of limbo, not mm. still pursuing, but not knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I'd look at that. Mm. But if everything was still fine and you could still manage it, then that's, that's tricky because then it's like, you can still manage it, but is it something you want to keep on doing? Yeah. And it, like, yeah. how long mm. do you actually want to? And, and and how do you know how long you want to do it for? Yeah. No, that's... Like, and it's tricky because, like, um, I guess the other thing you have to consider is, again, we, we revisit... We, you know, we talked about this again today is... Um, like a relationship is an investment that both of you have to contribute to Mm. and if one of you is not pulling the weight Mm. that the other party is perceived you know wants want it to be like you need to have that conversation yeah and if they're not um pulling the weight then how does that benefit the relationship as a whole Mm. because obviously one person is willing to put the work in yeah willing to make changes but 
The other not so the much. The other not so much. Yeah, which, which in um, in a relationship or a, one that you're in, like a date you're dating, mm. it's um you know it's doable to have that conversation. But yeah. it, but I can hear it's hard if you're not even in a dating yet. You're not even yes, dating. Yes, you're yet. not even like so, reaching that stage. Yeah. Right? Mm. So it feels hard because then the pursuer has a lot of questions. Like, is it even in? Is it, am I even able to ask the other person because yes. we're not dating yet? So then mm. that's also really hard. And then. You know, like you said before, you have to also um, be ready for them not to reply or engage in any of it yeah. because they're mm. scared or not interested of all sorts of reasons. Yeah. So um, it is quite hard, mm. but obviously it's going to take a toll on the pursuer. Yeah. So I reckon the pursuer has to be okay really, with yeah, yeah, really look at what like how much do they want to push themselves, you know, yeah. because it's going to take a toll on them. And mm. when do they need to? To say it's it's enough and like yeah. I need to move on now. I think like the most important thing Before. is yeah, <laughs> and I think the most important thing is you, they need to have that support network around them mm. when the time comes for them to have that difficult conversation. Yeah, because I can imagine that it would be more painful for the for someone who is pursuing the relationship to want to have to say that. Yeah. Because it's probably the last thing that they wanted to do. Yeah. And sometimes I was actually in the situation once before and something mm. really great that happened that was very unexpected was that someone else <laughs> came into my life. And so that's oh. also a possibility is that mm. if the other party isn't budging, then there might be other others out there that are, are more are interested in mm. you kind of thing. And, mm. um, you know, maybe that's a possibility as well. Yeah. Yeah. Self-reflection, I think. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you have to look at yourself and then see if it's even worth it. Yeah. You come back to the thing that relationships are investments. Yeah. You have to put in the work. Yeah. And effort for it to grow. Yeah. If we're thinking the investment analogy, if you see um, your stock's not doing too well, I mean, okay, so financial <laughs> people would say not to pull it out because you lose your money. But, but so I feel you have like to cut my, your losses Yeah, somewhere. I feel like my analogy is breaking a bit. But I'll just, you know, if you're seeing your stock's not doing too well, you wouldn't mm. necessarily invest more money into that stock. You yeah, might yeah, go yeah. to a different stock mm, mm, mm. Um, because you see that there's not much return in that specific yeah. stock. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, especially if this is like the first the very first relationship that you want to pursue for the long term, I mm. think. So, yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I don't have a firm answer on it, but yeah, yeah. I guess it's, again, recognizing, like, how much more do you want to invest? And is it even worth it in the end if the other party isn't going to pull their weight? Yeah. Based on how you communicate with them. Yeah. That's it. So, well, yeah. I'm really looking forward to a 3.0. Yes, as am I. Because we'll have more questions because I'm really curious yeah. about the whole polyamory thing. Yeah. And then we could maybe start talking because I know in this episode we didn't talk too much about like sex and yes. consent and stuff. So there's still other things that we could talk about, but we might save for a different for the, episode. Yes. yes. Um, because there's a lot of things around that as mm. well that we could, we mm. could unpack. Unpack, unpack. <laughs> it's that time of night. Time of night. Time of night. It's like time, one p.m. Um, but this has been really enjoyable. Do you have any any closing remarks at all? Um, I guess no. I don't. I think everything I've wanted to say about like relationships, I've kind of pretty much said for now. Mm. Who knows what might happen? Mm. We might change. Yeah, we'll definitely revisit this another time. But yes. Yeah. Mm. So I think that will be it um, for this episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you again to everyone who submitted, and I think for anyone that might, you know, for future episodes when we put the call out, definitely like 
you know, ask us questions. Yeah. Because you never know what we might respond with. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> mm, mm. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to send us any questions, feel free to do so. Use the hashtag UnpackThisBrain or send us a DM or send us an email, unpackthisbrain at gmail.com. This podcast was created by the lovely people over at Great Mates Podcast. Feel free to subscribe to any of our podcasts wherever you're listening. We'd also like to acknowledge the First Nations owners on whose lands we are creating this podcast.